0: The following is a presentation of the SpeedSport Podcast Network. This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bike. From the Crosley Studios in Race City, USA, here's your host, Kyle
1: Armstrong. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bike Podcast. This is episode number 42. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong, and I have Adam Logan back again joining us live in the studio from the speed sport podcast studios presented by crosley radio this week we're fortunate to have Carson Ferguson on the podcast we're going to talk to him first and then we're going to take a break after that and go to the phone lines there and talk to talk to the promoter of the rev Dylan Scott we, we uh we just got we just wrapped up with that actually man you're really going to enjoy that stay tuned and and listen to that it's going to be uh it, he's got some stuff in there that you're going to want to stay tuned and listen to for sure so anyway, uh, Adam, we, uh, this past weekend, we got to go to that race at Cherokee. You went to Hickory on Saturday night, uh, yep. saw a lot of good racing in our backyard, watched a lot of stuff on, on, you know, online, watched uh, the race at Swainsboro and Screvin and uh, a lot of, a lot of racing here in our backyard this weekend, uh, and
0: finally kicking off. I, I was I was so excited this weekend. I finally finally get to go back to the racetrack.
1: Beautiful day too there on Sunday oh, at Cherokee. Oh yeah, it was it
0: was gorgeous out. Was, Unless you,
1: you know, were a Hoosier Tire. Yeah,
0: Hoosier tires they they didn't fare too well uh, <laughs> with the with the track service and it definitely made the made the race a little interesting there, like it always does, you know, daytime racing at Cherokee. Yeah, it's um it's not a matter of if it's when it's going to happen and it, it bit it bit old um chris ferguson pretty hard that was that was pretty tough for him leading that whole deal and coming to two to go
1: man I almost two had two to go i almost had tears in my eyes i was pulling for chris to win that race so bad and uh would like to see him get it done and of course another chris
0: madden win oh, that yeah. Cherokees, not even a surprise anymore no. But he's just so good there. He's just, he keeps his car. So what's Ferguson did too. I mean, Ferguson wasn't driving erratic. I mean, he kept his car straight, you know, top three, you know, it was you know, Ferguson, Madden, and then Overton there. They were, I mean, they all kept their cars pretty straight. And, you, you know, they were, they're very experienced at that racetrack. So they knew how to race that place. Yeah. That, but it just his didn't like you know theirs lasted two more laps than his did so yeah,
1: that happens it seems like that's the that's the deal every time ferguson races there he can make it till about five or six to go or whatever and and blow one it's just unfortunate i hate it for them guys maybe next time they'll yeah. they'll last longer and you know i looked at chris madden's tires after the race and they looked fine i mean not fine but like they
0: he still had a little bit left on his marlers were
1: slick as this table we're yeah, sitting at right jd's now. was slick <laughs> <laughs>
0: and it, it was it, it that that place is just day. I mean, any daytime race. I mean, you know, any track you go to and you're gonna race in the daytime, it's gonna wear tires out. But just uh, Ch- Cherokee gat yeah, I mean, it's just it's almost you know, it's almost more
1: you, there. You know, what's gonna happen when you go there. And I and you know, I talked to Mike Marlar after the race there, and he said, and I and I told him, I said, man, looking at your tires now, I kind of see why you didn't. Wasn't able to really go or do nothing. On, he said, "Yeah, I just try not to spend. I was trying to just finish. I knew I didn't have no grip back there, and, and he didn't. I got a picture of him of his tires that's just unreal. There's nothing there.
0: And actually, the worst thing in in a a, a race like that where it's locked down daytime and you're racing. Once you get in a rhythm where you're you're racing, the guys, you know, they get in a rhythm. They they don't they know not to slide their car and it, it's kind of momentum, but once that first guy pops a the tire, then you start having cautions and restarts, and that's the worst thing on them tires because getting going, you got wheel spin, so you're already low, low on tread, and then now you got to restart every two or three laps. That just makes it, you know, this is that's the worst part of them daytime races like that is if it just went green to checkered i don't think it had that problem you know that tracks
1: abrasive about like a 36 grip piece of sandpaper and it's uh, it'll wear them out it'll wear them out (laughs) and and you know my dad he really enjoyed that race sunday and and i did too and i heard a lot of people talking uh, talking down about it that they didn't like it and Oh, I'm never going to go back. Well, they'll be back. And then they'll be back. It,
0: it's uh, I mean, you kind of
1: I was entertained like whenever it came down to the end there and they were you, you know, know, you didn't know gonna who, was gonna, who was going to who was going to have a tire go out next or it was I just,
0: mean, and there towards the end, um, you know, Overton was riding third the whole time and then probably about I think it was within 10 to go or or less, he he made a charge. Like he on a restart, he jumped on the high side to make a you know, trying Madden's to kind of squeezed him yeah, in the wall there, you off the know, of kinda, he didn't clear. You know, he didn't have him completely cleared, and uh, you know, Madden's not just going to give it up. You know, they're going yeah. for ten thousand to win, so you know it got a little dicey there. And you know, Ross Bells, he he tried his damnedest. I mean, he um, he tried the high side. Anybody and,
1: tried to go up there, looped it. It was. It was. It was definitely. It a, was a, basically a one lane racetrack.
2: It
0: was. You know, you have some guys trying to make something happen, and you know, I've <laughs> I've talked to racers and stuff, and you know, I I, I go back to when I was racing with Daryl on them and um, Jason Jamison. We took him to a racetrack one time. It was Old Richmond, Kentucky, and it was kind of the same way. It gets it kind of gets locked down around the bottom, and he was riding about sixth or seventh, and they were it was just a freight train, and. I could just tell he was antsy. And he's one of those guys and any racer is like I'm tired of riding. I'm tired of riding. And it, he decided I'm done with this. And he hops on the high side and it was nothing but fluff up there. You know, he fell back to like tenth, eleventh. But he once he burned him a groove, he started he was tenth. Next lap he was ninth. Then he was eighth next thing you know coming to one you know white flag he's passing the leader going down the back straight away and that guy they got into it and he ended up second or something like that but them racers you know that's that's their mindset they're in there racing and they're like I can't ride no more I'm tired of this I got to get a, I got to get by this guy so it was it was neat to see some of those guys trying to push the issue when they when they could you know somebody you know the daytime racing you kind of have to watch it differently you know, you yeah, you think they're all riding around, riding around. but It's strategy. Involved. It's strategy. Some of those guys, you know, you, you can't be right up on you got to be close enough to somebody so if they make a mistake, or if they overcharge, you're able to pounce on it. You're able to, you know, you know shoot the gap and, and pass them. Or, you know, if they're hung up behind somebody, you feel like you're faster than them. You can kind of roll them on the high side and hopefully they get pinned up behind that slower car if that guy messed up in front of them be able to get up there right, and try and make something happen like overton did he he tried to he tried to get around madden there at the end you know on a restart he was going to momentum and try to get in the second and you know try to go after fergie but you know
1: a couple of times there ferguson caught the tail end of the field and it was getting ready to be like man what's going to happen here you know they all got close and then the call then somebody Mm -hmm. would pull up and caution come out and that you know whenever just whenever it would start to you think something's going to happen? Then you know, caution and their caution. caution and their caution. There was a lot of cautions in that race, a lot of blown tires. But yeah. uh, we we expected it going in. Oh yeah. I, mean, I just, talked to you... people in the pits earlier that afternoon. I said, "So look, it's going to be whoever can make it on their tires." Yeah. And,
0: uh, and you know, it's just you know, you just you know, know it. you know it going in. You know, so.
1: A Saturday night, you went to Hickory. Uh, we, yep. we watched. Uh, yeah, I guess we can talk about that.
0: Yeah, uh, Hickory opened up um, their opening night. They had um, twin forty um, late model stock races up there, so I went up there just kind of gripping and grinning, kind of being a, supporting some of the guys that you know buy parts from me and stuff at SRI. So went up there and they had had a, a great field of late model stocks. They had twenty six late model stocks for opening night up there. Um, they had limiteds. They had probably had about ten limited cars and few street stocks and probably 20 20 something four-cylinder cars so they had a very good car count up there for their opening night and big crowd on hand so it was good to do a little something different than dirt racing we got to say some asphalt and you know uh connor hall from virginia he, he swept both events they kind of You know, first one was lined straight up, and then he won the first one and redrew an eight. So they inverted the top eight for the second feature, and he was able to drive back up through there and... and sweep the night
1: and such a strong field of cars that they had there it's yep. kind of a whenever you told me that to begin with i, yep. I was that was hard for me to believe that yeah. the same guy won both races yeah after it was Invert. it
0: was very good i mean we had a, a, a justin carroll was um he was strong both races and kind of fell off there in the first one um and he, he led a little bit and ended up you know connor got around him um and he ended up fifth and then the second race he um he jumped out to the lead and led about the first 30 laps and he had a he had a right rear flat, so he ended up pulling in. But you know, Connor Hall was definitely he was he was uh, he was the car to beat that night. So it was good out. You know, like I said, it was it was my first race of the year, so I, it was nice to be back at the be back at the track and and watch some good good short track racing. So it was a good night
1: nothing can beat it can it no and then, you know on saturday night i was going to say i watched that race at uh at, at sonoya and shane clanton almost oh, up the field oh he my just god annihilated him. oh my god he was you would have thought as good as he ran there he would have came on up to gaffney and he, cashed
0: in again he was unbelievable like i i started watching it so hickory got done pretty early so i hop in the truck and i'll say this i was watching the as i'm driving down the road and <laughs> and I kind of picked it up with maybe five, ten laps in. and I'm like, "Where's the rest of the field at?" I mean, this Clinton was in his own zip code. I mean, he just had, he had that car dialed in that night, and he was he was tough to beat. At he one was, point, I
1: was keeping up with Carson Ferguson, you know, our guest tonight on the show, yep. and he was running like sixth or seventh, yep. and uh, then all, then all of a sudden, Clinton's lapping him, and that's whenever I was like, "Wow, I mean, yep. he's going to lap the field." And I think a caution came out, but. He was well on his way to lapping the whole field. Oh yeah,
0: he was. That was uh, he. He had it dialed in that night, and that track's always pretty, you know, racy like that. I mean, yeah, he dominated, but you know, that, that's one of them places throughout the field you can get side by side racing, and it had a good cushion and guys rotating the bottom, so that's always a little racy joint down there. So that was good for Clanton to get. I think that's his first win of the year. Yeah. It, so I believe so. Uh, so that's good for Clanton to get a, a big you know, that was 10,000 win down there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And of course, Brandon Overton oh, won yeah. uh, at Swainsboro on Friday and, and at Smoky Mountain too. Sort of both of those were sort of to me under the radar. A uh,
0: little bit. Yeah. I was, I was surprised that, that the, the Smoky Mountain was, I don't know. It, to me, it was, I, I, when I read the results, I wasn't able to watch it. Yeah, live I watched
1: and, it. It was like streaming on like a SmokyMountainTV.com. And, yeah.
0: I didn't, I didn't have that. And I watched the highlights the next day and, um, Overton, just being Overton, yeah. you know, he was, he, he had to work on it. And, uh, Cameron Marler led like the first 10 laps. And then, you know, like Overton does, he rides, rides, rides. And when that, when the time, time to go, he kicked it in the high gear, passed him, And then McCready, you know, ended up second. And there was a, it was a good, good field of cars up there. Ricky Weiss finally come back racing after, uh, Racing out at the Wild West, so that was like his first race back. You know, racing around, so he was there. Um, it was pretty much like a. It was a strong field. It was like a yep. Lucas Oil field there yep. Saturday night. But so,
1: yeah, I'm kind of looking ahead to the schedule. Of course, uh, four eleven, the Lucas Oil races both got canceled this weekend, and uh, the, Rev, the Rev Revolution Race Park down in Monroe, Monroe Louisiana, are both canceled for yep. the World of Outlaws. So really, the only thing that leaves on the schedule is. Carolina Clash at Lancaster or super late models at Port Royal and wherever else you can find the race regionally. Uh, East Lincoln's got the Blue Ridge series this weekend, but, uh, Lancaster, I may, I may venture down there Saturday night, but, uh, for sure Sunday, you know, we talked about asphalt racing. You're going to Op Alabama to the Rattler. I'm thinking about going up to caraway yeah, Sophia, Carraway, north carolina
0: the cars tour kicks off their um first race of their year uh of the year for 30, them guys A thirty thousand to win lake model soccer
1: race is yep. huge for those guys There's yep. probably going to be
0: 30 40 50 cars there Yeah, that's going to be a, a big car uh car count and there, and something new with that series this year no, um, they used to have you know their their mainstay is the late model stocks, but they've always kind of had like a super class also. It's you know some somewhat of a support. And it sort class. of fell off. It the- fell off, and so this year Jack and the guys at the car store decided to. Um, uh, bring the pro late model, which is basically a super late model with a crate motor in it. So hopefully he was, he was looking in trying to, you know, get some of them guys with, you know, didn't have the big budget for the big super motor. And this, this area is, is big late model stock. So it wasn't a bunch of super guys. So decided to do the pro deal and it, it works out good for those guys too. Cause you got the Carolina pro series up here and now the car store has got a pro you know class and they're not racing on the same weekends this year so they've kind of scheduled them to series kind of scheduled with each other that both series can you know you can race all of them so they're not stacking on top of each other so i feel like that's going to be a a, a good car count up there at caraway this weekend for their opening night of racing
1: i'm looking forward to going up there and, and seeing it i always like going to caraway i try to get up there once a year and uh seems like a great opportunity Sunday afternoon to go up there and see a good race yep. so and I'm going to be in and,
0: Alabama like you said going down to the the Rattler 250 down there so get back to get back to Alabama
1: and the race at Carraway too by the way would be a good shout out here it'll be live on Speed Sport TV yep. via yep. the Pit Row TV yep. with uh, Tony Stevens and those guys so yep. uh shout out to the Speed Sport TV deal yep. uh you know you can watch that race live on there so uh, that's where I'm going to go Sunday and uh looking forward to it um
0: Race is kicking off.
1: Yeah, we'll Go, see how long it lasts. It's gonna get a little colder this weekend. We got diesel fuel five dollars. <laughs> that's gonna. We don't know what that's gonna do
0: yet, but it's getting. Oh my gosh, it's. It's getting. If, if it were not for you know last year' tire shortage, kind of, kind of put everybody in a put everybody in a spiral. We, it put everybody in a spiral. We were able to limp through last year. It was, it was difficult for these racers and the race teams getting, you know, getting tires both on the dirt and the asphalt side. You know, it was Hoosier did everything they could do to kind of keep up with everything and kind of it trickled into this year. It's not been so too much of an issue. I'm not saying it ain't an issue, but it's not, you know, it's been okay so far through speed weeks and everything. Uh, and, I haven't heard anything about it being a an issue, a big issue, but now fuel that's it's just it's, it's tough. You know, these, it's a tough deal, man. I mean, it's going to hit everybody. I mean, I, I hate it. I don't, I don't want it to slow down the sport, you know. But it's gonna it's gonna affect the fans. It's, it's gonna, gonna have an
1: effect on us. It. It's got me thinking, uh, man. I go everywhere all the all time. Man. Like I'll just get, like it's gonna really keep me tied down to to the couch a lot mm. this year and that's that's a shame yeah it, it and i don't think a lot of people think that way too yeah it's it's, it's uh
0: it's unfortunate because this this year i mean um like i said on the dirt side we've talked about it and the, the big money races and all the all the different series and you know new series coming in you got cash roll and you got the xr series putting up big money so there was a a big potential there to be a big breakout year for different drivers, and, and it just, still uh, can be. We're still not saying it can be. Uh, we're we're trying, we're trying to trying to stay positive, but it's it's going to put a damper on that, and he, and even on like I said, I just mentioned the car store and stuff like that around here. You know, asphalt. You know, do you know trying to change it up with a pro car. and You know, it's gonna. It had a potential of, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. It it don't. It doesn't shut, you know, slow people and car counts at, at racetracks, and fans are able to get out and, and support these um, these local tracks and and all this. We still need or, the
1: people coming through the gates, oh, yeah. buying the tickets, and and coming and supporting it and seeing it. So everybody, yep. you know, do that when you can. But yeah, because I lived
0: through the pandemic racing, and that was that was awful. Going to races where yeah. there's no fans in the stands and stuff like that. It's just it's a different. When the fans are there, it's definitely better. It's definitely better. They get excited like Saturday, at, uh, Sunday at Cherokee. You know, there towards the end when people are having flats and people are getting dicey and racing. I mean, you can – you look up in the stands and people start jumping up and hollering. You can hear them over the race cars. So, you know, definitely want you guys to still come out and support all these, these racers and all these racetracks and everything. For sure.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, yeah, I guess we'll – uh wrap this part of the show up and go into the interviews, but man, I've still got, uh, some forward bike podcast t-shirts and some hats and everything still left. And, uh, if anybody wants that hasn't got one of those yet, wants to get one, just reach out to me via one of the social media channels. And, uh, i'll be sure to get back with you i can ship one to you or meet you at the track whatever love to meet the fans oh yeah I, I this weekend there at cherokee we had a lot of good positive feedback on what we've oh yeah since we've brought this thing back a lot of good positive feedback we from appreciate people. y'all people appreciate coming up to us and telling us they like it and what we're doing and giving us suggestions and compliments and and that goes a long way but uh you know, i appreciate you telling us that but the best thing you can do is go on there and tell, you know, let Speed Sport know you like it and let all these other sponsors that are supporting us, you know, support them, you know, to support us. So, man, we appreciate everybody listening to this thing, and uh, we're going to take just a quick break here and coming up on the Forward Bike Podcast, we're going to go to the to the phone lines there and talk to Carson Ferguson, and then after that, like I say, you want to stay tuned and hear Dylan Scott this is the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Stay tuned.
2: Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on youtube and youtube tv all right enough about sports go get more sports terms and embargoes apply offer ends June sixth. no refunds
1: welcome back to the forward bike podcast we're happy to have carson ferguson on the phone today carson has been racing ever since he was like five or six or seven years old he's going to tell us here in a minute but he's he's been at it for a long time and has won and everything he's ever said in and right now he's running the super late model and uh, he's going to tell us all about that this weekend he ran at the march madness race there at gaffney and i believe he ran uh, the Southern nationals races too but he, he did run fifth there sunday so carson what's going on today we're happy to have you on the forward bike podcast today
3: yes sir what's going on thanks for having me
1: oh me and adam are just sitting here and we uh we were sitting there earlier today and we were like who would be a good one for the for the show and it was It was kind of running out of time and i said well let's just reach out to carson he was the better ferguson of the two this weekend and uh (laughs) you outrun you outrun uh, your cousin chris there on sunday which he was poised to win that thing and that's definitely a heartbreaker but uh you know it's 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 that way sometimes
3: oh yeah yeah i hate it for him he they've had a long stressful off season with brian getting COVID and everything and um you know they the past year or two they've been one of the fastest cars everywhere they go, they just can never, uh, you know, they'll always finish top five in, even, even at all the crown jewels, but, um, you know, hopefully, I mean, I, I know I looked up in beating them this past weekend, but hopefully he can, uh, you know, they can finish the whole deal and, uh, get them one here soon.
1: Well, tell me a little bit about that, uh, ride you've got right now with, uh, Donald and Gina Bradshaw and everybody behind you, you've got a pretty good program there, don't you?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've known Donald for a while now. Um, our paths have just never really crossed. Um, you know, we always kept up our own car and stuff like that, um, me and my dad and a few crew guys, Cameron, Ethan, Aiden. Um, you know, we had our sponsors and everything like that, but we had a really rough 2020. Um, and I actually saw my, put my stuff up for sale, didn't really know what the next step was. Um, you know, it wasn't. We were wanting to keep going, of course, but you know, just money-wise, um, you know, everybody and me and my dad both drained all our accounts and stuff like that. Just uh, we weren't winning any money that year, and um, so I I post my stuff for sale, and I actually reached out to Wesley Page, um, asking if he had a if I could go crew with them at any races or if he had any cars for me to drive, and he told me he would let me know. And the next morning, Donald had called him uh you know asking if he saw me selling my stuff and asked him if he could get me in a car so um you know i guess it was meant to be and everything's worked out perfect so far
1: well donald uh of course won the lucas oil championship this past season with tim mccready do you do you see that in your future maybe going lucas oil racing with that team or or is that just i mean what do you what do you see in your future there with them
3: yeah you know with, with donald you know the sky's the limit and in his eyes he really believes in me him and don uh, donald gina they both believe in me along with wesley page so having them three in my corner uh is, is really a plus um you know it's they take the stress off you know that i would have driving the car if it was all mine and everything like that um you know and just the resources i got it's really lining me up uh to go that route yeah um you know Donald's really excited. You know with my future and how we're running so far. So um, you know I I definitely think you know in the next few years, as long as everything keeps going to plan and we keep running good, uh, that's definitely up the alley one day. Yeah, you've uh,
0: you've definitely showed out uh, since you getting in that race car. You you know you had a pretty good, uh, good year last year in the crate stuff, and then stepping into the super deal uh yeah that slowed you down any bit i mean you you're running up front and that's got to be um i mean that's got to help your situation there with with your car owners and everybody supporting you there
3: oh yeah for sure and you know it's everything new everything's happening so fast you know until you get more experience and can slow everything down so the great stuff last year it was good to just uh, you know build that relationship up with gina donald and wesley um you know and really run good i was experienced in the crate and then donald and gina wanted to take the next step and uh, go super racing so we still have the crate car we're going to dabble some in that some this year when the opportunity um, presents itself but um the super is definitely going to be our focus our main focus so um yeah i'm really excited everything's went really good so far had a good three races last year and um we didn't really we did good at all tech you know just finishing the, or just making the races and stuff but you know the competitiveness and me um you know i definitely want to run better in those features we just uh, you know just gotta learn to adjust and learn what the what the differences in the crate adjustments and the super adjustments are um so i definitely learned even though we ran bad that i probably built my notebook up the most i've ever you know built it up before so um even this past weekend at Swainsboro, we ran six and then we ran eight that sonoya and different circumstances i feel like we should have been better uh both nights but um at sonoya i thought the the cushion was gonna go away and it never did so i stopped to run the slick and um you know everybody could kind of just momentum around me but um other than that you know every racer has those days where or races where they look back and they're like well i could have I could have won this race or finished top five easy, you know, so um, just trying to put together a full night uh, is basically what we're focusing on right now.
0: Yeah, we had uh, we had uh, Cody Overton on last week, and I kind of asked him, the uh, same thing I'm going to ask you is, you know, he's he was very successful in the crate stuff, and then he's jumped into the Supers and did all the Speed Week stuff down there in Florida. Um, the little bit that you've had in the Super stuff, you know, going out and racing at all tech and, you know, this weekend – I mean, the guys that you're racing against—they're—they're they're no slouches. So, do you think this is helping you racing against the caliper of guys that you're racing against? You know, is that—are you benefiting from that? And and uh, like you said, you lucked into a, a, you know a top five this weekend, but still, you were in the hunt. You were you were there racing. I mean, you know, I'd rather be lucky than good any day. So, do you think that's you know the guys that you're racing against? You building that notebook? You know, that, that's got to be. you know looking forward gotta be a good thing
3: oh yeah for sure i mean you go to a local race around here you'll have ross bell zach mitchell um you know ben Watkins. you'll have a lot of these big hitters that have big wins you know all of them have world outlaw and lucas wins so um you know our region is very powerful uh, i feel like and then on off weekends uh you know even at your local races here still when lucas and world outlaw races you'll have your davenport and over 10 owens all of them come in and still race and then uh you know chris and them are racing as well so i feel like the region that i'm in is the best reason region for it um for sure i mean it's you always want to get in something and win right away but um whenever you're finishing fifth to the guys that outran me at cherokee you're not you're not gonna hang your head about that um but i mean just it's hard to be perfect to win uh, which is what you got to be to win um you know in the crate stuff you could kind of take advantage of your track position even in the supers track position is huge um i felt like in the heat race at cherokee you know, we started outside the marler and uh You know, I I was frustrated coming in because I felt like Marla really jumped the start and didn't, I didn't really get a chance uh, to even, you know, get him on the start. And that just dictates your whole, your whole week, your whole race at that point, just on a one groove track, which you're expecting in a day race. So, um, but yeah, just to go back to to the competition level, I definitely think it's better just to get your teeth pounded in and, um, you know, do all that early just so you know uh, what you need to work on as soon as you can and just start building up that notebook. What What you got uh, –
0: so, you know, looking forward the rest of the year, are you just going to kind of stick around here? Or do you all have any plans of, you know, venturing out a little bit more? What, what, what do you all got, you know, what's the rest of the year look for Carson Ferguson?
3: Uh, probably a little bit of both. Um, really – just talking through the team and everybody in the team and everybody involved. Uh, we all feel like it's best. The Carolina tracks are good and you always got the good competitors, but the track surfaces everywhere else are just so much better just with the different kind of dirt and everything. Um, you really learn how to adjust your car and what all your car is capable of. So, um, you know, I think we're going to try and race around here when we're, when we can, and when there's not any big races out. Um, but we're, we're going to try and go and, uh, you know, just went, go run some big races and just get that experience under our belt as soon as we can. Uh, like I said, when you do everything first, uh, the first few times, everything just happens so fast and you can't really slow anything down. So if we can get that experience and get those first few out of the way before, you know, we're one day running for points or anything like that, I'm able to slow it down and, uh, you know, have a better showing.
1: You mentioned running for points there, Carson. Right now, you're you're basically in the, in contention to seal up the deal on that extreme driving winter series. Right now, I think you're tied for the points. Last time I looked, so what's your outlook on that? And and have you exceeded your expectations on that deal?
3: Yeah, it definitely started off better than I think what my everybody in including myself thought it would. Um, like I said, it. <clears throat> I want to say I want to be you know proud of everything but at the same time I feel like it was uh the success really comes you know from my resources and everything that I have you know whenever everybody normally moves up it takes them a while to get all the right resources they need to run good for them but um you know with Donald and Gina and Wesley you know we're all paired up with Bill Steen and Longhorn so I, I really have all the all the tools I need to get the job done so now it's just getting used to it myself and not adjusting myself out through the night but with the driving deal um you know I really I'm really happy with how that started uh we we got tied for the points uh the first night at Livonia um two weekends ago and then that Saturday race we got we got caught up in somebody else's wreck which um nothing we could do but So now I think we're about 40 points out, but, um, you know, luckily with the people running it and everything, uh, like the top three, we were able to kind of break away in points. So top three pays good in points. I don't know where Ross is going the championship weekend, whether he's going to world of outlaws at Cherokee or, um, you know, Bristol, but, um, Ben, Ben Watkins, he's, he's sitting pretty in points right now and, He's my teammate with Wesley. So if I can't win it, um, you know, I'd definitely be proud if he could.
1: I got you. Um, well, I'm gonna go way back to the beginning here, Carson. I, I remember the first time I ever saw you race was not even really in a race car. We were over at victory lane carding one day and I tell people this a lot, a lot, but just to tell them that you're just a natural born wheelman. We had about 80 of us over there one day doing some kind of a league race deal. And, uh, you outran all of us that day. I didn't even make the field, but, uh, but I still, I still can't get over that. I remember that. And, uh, you know, so I don't know how old you were five or six or seven years old at that time. And you, you whipped all of our asses. And, uh, so taking me way back to the beginning there and where did you, uh, you, you and your dad, Tony, where did y'all, uh, where did y'all get started racing?
3: Yeah. So we started, I started off in like little kid carts when I was three um or four actually i think you had to be five but uh we'd always we'd always lie on the on the birth certificates or (laughs) the sign-in papers um so we ran we ran go-karts i was about eight i got a bandolero ran from 2008 to 2011 and then jumped in a legend car from 2012 and i still dabble in some of the legend stuff i probably won't run any this year um I like to run the national events still, but in 2014 we bought uh, my cousin's 2013 uh, Warrior car, and from 2014 to about 2017 we ran I don't know probably eight eight to ten races uh, within that couple years span. Uh, just we were running legend car stuff and didn't really have a lot of sponsors, and you know I was still in school and everything like that, so. In 2018 we got a, we sold our warrior and got a rocket car and that's really when we started hitting it hard um you know we won the won national championships and the bandos and the legend cars and then we won uh our first full year in 2019 in the in the late model we were able to run the fast track tour and win that so um i guess the like i said the resources i had just growing up <clears throat> i've been really lucky just to luck and uh the the partnerships i've needed to succeed and everything's worked out so far so um I, I definitely feel like with this deal sky's the limit um and hopefully we can be running for the world outlaw lucas oil championship one day
0: so do you run in you know starting out in the bandoleros and legend car stuff. What made you go to dirt? Because a lot of the guys around here that, you know, I'm, I'm from Alabama, but you know, a lot of the kids around here, you know, they do the, you know, summer shootout stuff and they end up in the, and you know, asphalt stuff around the Carolinas is, is very big. What was it just your family being involved in dirt racing that kind of, you know, that's the way you were going to go? Or is it, you know, is that what you wanted to do or why didn't, why didn't you pursue, you know, the asphalt side
3: of things? Uh, Of course I've always wanted to. You know that every kid that runs asphalt and everything they wanna they wanna be in NASCAR. That's their that's their main goal, um, and the race on Sundays. But uh, in today's world, and with NASCAR I just wanna be so diverse and everything like that, um, it's hard. That it's hard to make it um, just with the money money deal and all that. So um, we wanted to. Me and Dad sat down and we wanted to race how we could be the happiest and uh you know just going out here and i i feel like we could go run asphalt stuff you know um and do really well but i can go run you know 50 times or 40 times in a dirt dirt late model for the price that would it take me to run you know 10 to 15 races in an asphalt car yeah. so it's uh you know I, i i want to i'm a racer and i want to I'll race, you know, a go-kart on Wednesday nights out of Millbridge if, if it came down to it. But, um, you know, it, I'd race anything. And just right now, I can race the most in the dirt car. And uh, I kind of accepted the, the fact that it's probably not going to happen in the NASCAR route a few years ago. So we've been focusing on the dirt deal ever since. And, uh, you know, things have really been working out here lately.
1: You're selling yourself short on the legend car stuff a little bit. You can still get in one of those and... And when and I walked over there, or I went over there last year, and uh, it was during the big crate race weekend there at Charlotte in October, and uh, walking through the garage, and you were there running a legend car. And uh, lo and behold, you won the thing that weekend. It was like the national championship road course race, wasn't it? So you're a good road yeah. course racer, asphalt, oval racer, dirt racer. I mean, you're pretty well rounded the driver. So if there's any Rick Hendricks or anybody like that, you know listening to this you know you, if they ever want to give some kid a shot this one here might be your guy
3: yeah i really enjoy that the, the uh, legend car stuff i mean they're so they're light and they have a lot of power small tire um i definitely feel like they teach you a lot <clears throat> both driving and um you know learning adjustments on the car and how to make it good uh, you know, I've drove for a lot of good people like Timmy and Cheryl Lattaga, uh, Dennis Lambert, Stephen Ross, um, Martin Archer, just a lot of good people through the years. And Joe Ryan here lately, um, you know, just, it's fun to get back in them and, you know, whether it's on asphalt dirt, oval, asphalt oval, uh, just being able to tour the country in those, you know, at, at a younger age, I uh, was, was definitely eye opening. um, just to see uh i guess the the level that you're at and the level that your region is in you know you go out to any national event and the guys that you're racing with at the summer shootout you guys are all running top five top 10 you know so i feel like if you can win you know here in our region in anything really uh you know you're you're definitely doing something can you
0: um I mean when you were still you know growing up doing the legend car stuff does any of that transit, you know transition into the the dirt side or can you use any of that you know race craft in 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 the dirt racing stuff
3: um I mean I I feel like you can uh just if you ask anybody that watched me in the dirt I'm not very erratic I don't really I'm not a throttle smasher at least I don't feel like it um you know I'm not nine times out of 10, I'm probably not going to get up there on the cushion and bang the boards or anything like that. Uh, you know, I really like the, the slick and, you know, I drive it straight and everything. And I think a lot of it is, I think I'm sideways, but yeah, I'm not I, coming from asphalt. Um, you know, the first time I tested, I thought I was about spinning out and, you know, I come in and Chris Brown, my dad, they're all telling me I need to get sideways and actually hit the gas. So, um i think i think the slickness you know the slick tracks help me uh, just because i can you know i feel like uh that's what that's the most sideways i need to be and everything like that but when the tracks are all heavy and stuff it, i'm still working on that end of it
1: yeah well carson i appreciate you being on here tonight i know your dad top Fuel tony is quite the legend and Maybe we should get him and you both on here one night to, to really tell some, to, you know, the real stories. But uh,
3: Oh, gosh, there's no telling what he would say.
1: <laughs> I, I've been down there with uh, with Ryan Young down there in Docile Art and Rock Hill, and I've your dad would be there. and You might have been there, too, but there's been some stories told on your dad, and he's, man, he's quite the legend. And uh, you're, you're lucky to have him for a dad. He gets you set up and puts you out there up front, so uh, it's pretty cool.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely cool. I, a lot of people, they uh, they don't get to say they, I mean, I guess they do, but just he's with me in the shop and everything. Uh, just still, you know, my whole life he's, he's preached that a good driver knows how to work on his equipment and make it go. <clears throat> so he's, uh, you know, growing up, he was always showing me stuff on the go-karts, bandoleros, legend cars. Um, he's definitely – he's the main reason I'm, I'm the driver who I am today, both in the shop, out in the shop, on the track, off the track. So, um, you know, he's, I feel like I make him proud at times, but most of the time, or sometimes too, I'm sure he wants to wring my neck for doing something stupid, but, um, yeah, it's definitely, I'm definitely thankful to have him in my corner and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to lose that time
1: no doubt. And and of course, Chris Ferguson is your cousin. I, I guess that's pretty obvious. Anybody listening to this would know that, but, uh, do you get a lot of help or resources from, from them and what they do? Or do you just kind of just do, I mean, it seems to me just looking at it, that you kind of do your own thing. Is that right?
3: Yeah. I mean, it Brown's, Brown's a really big help. Um, you know, and if I ever have any driving questions and, uh, you know, I'm not, at times I'm not too competitive to ask Chris, he'll answer them, you know, and I'll give him a call, but nine times out of 10, I'm too competitive and I just want to figure it out myself. But, um, no, and it, it, it's hard at the same time, just cause, um, you know, they have different cars now they're in the Bloomquist chassis and everything. And things have changed so much, uh, you know, ever since they were in the Longhorn last. So, um, but I mean, Brian's very helpful, Brandon, um, you know, we always give each other a hard time and, uh, you know, when we're at the racetrack, we're, I think both ends, you know, if I was to finish 18th, I want him to be 19th and vice versa. So, um, it's definitely, it's, it's cool to be, get out there and race against him. Um, you know, growing up, he's always been one you cheered for and went and helped out the track and now you get to race against him. So it's pretty cool.
1: No doubt. And you accomplished yeah. that this weekend, finishing ahead of him, like we talked about there to the start and really a heartbreaker and our hearts and thoughts go out to Chris that on that uh blowing out that right rear tire there, coming to two to go man that's a tough way to lose a race like that and a lot of people were there pulling for him and uh man I our hearts and thoughts and prayers and everything go out to him but I hope he sold enough t-shirts and dock Ass cars to offset that a little bit so
3: oh yeah yeah, (laughs) I think he did he I, I got the race against him at Lancaster uh for our first race and i i really screwed up qualifying and didn't do good in the heat and then i you know we had a good race i think we came from 15th to fourth but he had broke a drive shaft um before you know i got to i got to get to him and then the next day at cherokee for the 100 lapper um i think we lined up like side by side on one or two starts and um yeah you know that was the coolest. The coolest thing, because, you know, you got, I look over and I see Brandon spotting for him, you know, over the fence. And then uh, Cameron was spotting for me and dad right beside him. So, uh, you know, just knowing we were both up front contending for the win at that point. um, Like I said, it's really cool. And I know Mom all up in the stands was real happy.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope y'all get to race together a whole lot more in the future. And I hope uh hope to see you put your name on the map. If you haven't already, I think you have. So... Uh, man, we'll stay in touch with you and we'll get you back on here another day. And, uh, I appreciate you being on, but before I let you go, uh, if you got your sponsors there, if you want to thank them and, uh, now's that opportunity.
3: Oh yeah. It'll probably be a little long, but <laughs> yeah. I got guess, but uh, Donald and Gina, uh, Brad, sure. They obviously gave me this huge, uh, opportunity. And then, you know, we got all the help from Bill Steen, Wesley Page, Longhorn, everybody like that, uh, Hoopa Grading. They're one of the main reasons we're able to do this as well, um, or the, if not the main reason we can race so much this year. Um, <clears throat> like I said, Wesley Page Racing Shock, Schaefer's Oil, uh, Dr. Tim at Live Oak Dentistry, uh, my mom's restaurant at Harmanco's, uh, John Page Racing Profab, Andrew Garris, New Point Lighting, Night Out Contracting, Superior Trailer, Tiger Precision Products, and um, like I said, Andrew at pro Fab, he goes racing with us a lot. So we're definitely glad to have him and, <clears throat> and then Dunwell's restaurant as well. So, uh, Ryan Young over there and Dalsar, he always, he always keeps me looking good on the track and Justin Starn does, does too with the, with the wraps and everything. So it definitely is a team effort.
1: Well, Carson, we appreciate you have, uh, taking a little bit of your time out of your evening here to uh, be with us on the forward bike podcast and, uh. Hope this is the first of many visits on the podcast, so uh, thanks again, man, and good luck to you the rest of the 2022 season. We'll be uh, pulling for you.
3: Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: Thank you. That was Carson Ferguson on the Forward Bike Podcast. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast. We're happy to have Dylan Scott here on the line. He's the promoter and owner of The Rev down there in Monroe, Louisiana, and They had a World of Outlaw race scheduled this weekend, which got canceled, postponed. Um, So Dylan, good to have you on the podcast tonight. We appreciate you being on here.
2: Yeah, man. Thanks for taking the time. Uh, Absolutely. I will say I'm not the owner of the Rev track down there. I wish I was. I've tried to own it. But uh, (laughs) we we did lease that thing out and been running races on it the past few years.
1: I got you. So, uh, how did you, how did you get into that? I know you've, uh, you've been a long time, lifelong dirt late model fan and, uh, uh, you, you've got a pretty successful music career there blossoming and, uh, you, you were able to take that track over and done, done a lot of big things over the past few years. Kind of tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, man. So, I mean, I've, man, I've been going to the dirt track races since I was really able to walk, you know, I'm just, a, I'm a fan of it. I love it. We uh, grew up there, right outside of Monroe, Louisiana, and that track is—it's it's a beautiful facility. It Had been sitting there for I don't know five or six years doing nothing, and man, everybody always talked about putting dirt on it, putting dirt on it, putting dirt on it. I was like, man, I should be the guy to do that. You know, if I ever if I ever get the opportunity to, and I went up to uh, went up to St. Louis to the uh, to the Dome and watched that indoor race. And the first year I went, I was like, man, this is pretty awesome. I'm I'm gonna do something in Monroe and. Got with the owner, and we put dirt on it, man, during COVID, and it took off for us and had the help of Nick Brown, who put the dirt on it and who helped promote the thing out there. But, yeah, dude, I don't really consider myself by no means a uh, racetrack promoter. I'm just, like I said, I'm a fan of it, and um, luckily it, it worked out for us the past few years.
0: Well, that's cool. Like, like Armstrong was saying, say, I, I used to race down in Mississippi and Louisiana area, and Used to drive by that place all the time. I used to go yeah. to Shreveport over to the Ronnie Stuckey's place and pick up race cars and parts and stuff like that. So I had to drive right by that place, and I was like, I always had to Google Maps and like, what is this racetrack over here? And once I got to look at it, I was like that is a super nice facility. And it, and it, to me, it was just kind of it was kind of an oddball because uh, m- which I was a dirt guy, but I was like, down in Louisiana, why do not we got an asphalt track down here? <laughs> and then you know you come along and put dirt on I'm like, okay, now we're going to turn this place into something. So that was, that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, man. I, I mean, I agree. You know, it's not really a big, not really a big, you know, asphalt, concrete car circuit. of cars down there, you know, it's, it's, that's dirt, that's dirt country, you know? So, um, it was cool, man. They said, I've just always heard people say they'd talk to the owner and he said he'd never put dirt on it. and That would never happen. And then, you know, I sat down with him and, He uh, entertained the idea. So I was like, all right, we've at least got one step in the door, you know. And so um, it turned out pretty good for us, man. I mean, uh, I'm not, unfortunately, not sure what the future holds out there, which sucks. Uh, But, you know, at least whatever happens, we can look back and go, you know what, we did that. We put dirt on it, and it worked.
0: So, yeah, leading into that, like, I kind of read a little bit that, you know, was this going to be the last race uh, for the racetrack as far as being dirt or was this like the last year or what was the deal there
2: yeah so it was um basically after the war of outlaw race this coming weekend on 11 12th we were going to take the dirt off this coming next week um really i mean what it boils down to is just couldn't really strike a deal uh moving forward and you know nothing nothing against the the track owner it's just it was a tough it was a tough deal you know and I I think he had other plans I think he I think he wants to take the dirt off and I think he wants to go back concrete racing again which I mean I just don't see happening down in that area but uh but it's his track and whatever he wants to do we'll do and you know I, I even proposed the idea of you know Hey, why don't we get, you know, why don't we get somebody else in here? Why don't we get somebody else to run it? You know, because uh, I just honestly, my my time is so limited. I wouldn't make it down there for a single race this year, being on the road and whatnot. But I didn't want to see the place go. You know, I wanted to continue seeing dirt track racing. I wanted to be like, hey, we brought that and it's continued on. But um, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, as of last week, uh, we were taking the dirt off. But I will say. I am having a conversation with the owner uh, here in a couple of weeks. He, he reached out. So I don't know what's going to happen, man. It's kind of all up in the air right now. And just kind of really hoping for the best. What
0: What would you, if in, in a perfect scenario, how would you go out with a bang? What what, what in your eyes would, would be a, a successful send-off? Or, you know, if you move on and or don't get to continue the dirt on there, what would be, you know, a big, this is, we're done, you know? Yeah,
2: well, I, I mean, I see a couple of scenarios. I mean, best case scenario for me is I would love to see someone come in there who is an actual racetrack promoter who knows what they're doing you know I mean I know what I'm doing to an extent but at the end of the day man I'm just a country music singer who loves dirt track racing so I'd love to see somebody come in there that could really take that place to the next level and uh, I mean continue racing uh, other scenario is if that's not the case and we're going to take the dirt off of it then You know, hopefully we can just have at least one more weekend out there where all the local drivers show up and the fans show up and we pack the stands out and, you know, go out with a Big Bang. And, you know, five, ten years down the road, we'll go, man, we did that.
1: It's a beautiful facility. I haven't been down there, but I've watched some races on the the TV and uh, it looks like a great place. And uh, so anyway, if that's it with that track, uh, you know, what do you see yourself being involved with in the sport in the future? Do you see yourself maybe going to another – Part of the country, or maybe in that same part of the country, and and uh, maybe building a track or doing anything else.
2: Yeah, I've thought about it. You know, I've definitely, I've definitely thought about, um, especially in the area down there where I'm from, near Louisiana. I just, I thought about, you know, hey, what if we uh, down the road build a track, build a facility? Um, I don't know, man. I'm just gonna. I think if we, if it does come to an end, which, like I said, I hope it doesn't, but if it does, I'll just take a step back you know continue on with the music be a fan of the sport and um just see what happens who knows man i mean i don't want to i love the sport i love the people um i just like i said i've done it since i was a kid so um it's just it's what i love so i mean I don't, i'm not going to be out of it completely i think i'll always be in the racing but uh, i don't know what the future will actually hold
1: i got you maybe an opportunity somewhere down the line to promote a race or something somewhere at any track. yeah
2: absolutely absolutely
1: um, so you talked about you've been around it your whole life. There, I kind of, uh, I kind of want to ask you that. Like how, like when, um, did you have some family that raced, or or your dad took you, or just how did that? How did you grow up around the sport?
2: Yeah. So my dad's best friend, he ran late models at a uh, Chatham Speedway there in Chatham, Louisiana, so that's where I that's where I grew up, cutting my teeth was Chatham. And um, my dad's friend had a buddy, not a buddy, a son who I was the same age with, who I've grown up with. We're best friends. Now he's racing. Uh, I sponsor his car. And, you know, we just, it's, man, it's just kind of how it happened for me. It's my dad's buddy raced. We went every weekend. Um, and just, I don't know, man, I loved it to the point to where even even before I got involved with the track in Monroe, if I was out on the road, whether it be California or wherever, if I had a Friday or Saturday night that I got done playing music early or we had an off night, there's been times I've went and rented a car, drove two or three hours out of the way to go to a track and then drove back to catch the bus. You know, just, that's just how much I love it.
0: That's passionate, man. That's cool to he, hear. He's got it in his blood. He, he is a, yeah, bird. He is man, a bird just, guy. I yeah. Just it.
1: from what you just told us right there, like you're, you're legit. I get like you're the, you're the real deal. If you'll do, if you'll go drive two hours to a race, like that's absolutely, <laughs>
0: So, um, so yeah, I mean, so you got the, you, you, you got a question, Adam? You I like I, your, I, do, I just think it's cool. I, I, Dylan, I think it's pretty cool. Like I've seen over the past few years, cause I, I've, I've raced all my life and I, you know, as a crew member, crew chief doing all different deals. And over the last few years, I've kind of seen, you know, kind of the NASCAR influence, you know, Clint Boyer owning a team, um, you know, Kyle Larson, of course, you know, last year or two years ago, just, you know winning everything you know and i kind of feel like that kind of helps the sport out and i mean do you feel with you know you being in the country music scene and you know you know the the different audience that you have do you feel like you could bring you know bring something to the table bring a different audience or try and incorporate some of the you know the dirt racing lifestyle into i mean it's kind of the same country music dirt racing lifestyle but could you i mean do you see yourself kind of bridging that gap and kind of you know, you say you're not a promoter, but you kind of do. I mean, you're you country music guy, you know, part of a racetrack. I'm not going to call you owner. Part of the racetrack, you, I mean, you got to feel like you you got some kind of responsibility there a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head, man. I mean, the, the dirt track community and the country music community, they're really the same community, you know. Um, but I will say, I honestly feel like that. I have benefited being, you know, a part of this track, and I've benefited more in the country music world, gaining people over from the dirt track world, you know? So, I mean, you say how I benefit the dirt track world. I mean, I'm not real sure, but I feel like for sure, you know, just being a part of the sport has helped my music career, for you know, no doubt. So, I mean, big thank you to all the dirt racers out there for following along um, from the music, but... Yeah, man, I don't really know. You know, I just uh, just gonna just gonna be me and be the dirt fan I am, and keep playing music, and you know, see what happens between the two.
1: Well, since we're since we're on the music thing, how long have you uh, how long have you really been playing music? I guess that's been a thing all your life too. And uh, uh, who are some of your bigger influences coming? You know, from the music side.
2: Yeah, so I mean, really, music's all I've ever known. My dad lived in Nashville in his twenties. Play um, played guitar for guys like um, like Freddie Fender back in the day, uh, guys like that. So he gave it all up, moved back to Louisiana, and that's you know, when we started the family. We just played music around the house, and I heard stories of dad living in Nashville. So I just always thought I'm um, going to follow dad's lead and go to Nashville and play music and never really grew out of that. So uh, 19, I moved to Nashville lucked up and got a record deal really quick and um just kind of sat around and wrote for a while Then i hit the road probably 2021 20, and just worked it man played for some nights i played for 20 people and watched it go from 20 to 100 to 500 and you know now we've had a couple of hits on the radio and um get to play for thousands of people a night and having a little success which is which is really cool man We're we're having the time of our life right now but yeah, I mean besides my dad, I mean I was a huge Keith Whitley fan growing up. Um just loved the whole I'm a 90s baby, so I grew up on that 90s era of country music and you know, that's, that was the good stuff to me.
1: No doubt about that. I I was a big Keith Whitley fan too. Uh my mom, she was a huge Keith Whitley fan and I'll I'll say this while we're on that. She uh, went and saw him about seven days before he passed away, and got his autograph and stuff. And oh, that's, dude,
2: that's cool right there. Yeah, I hope she's still, still have it somewhere. Oh yeah,
1: she still got the picture. I'll send you a picture of it. it. It's yeah, that's cool. Pretty neat to look at sometimes, but but I, I'm all, like you said, I'm a big country music fan too. I could talk talk about it all day with you for sure. You know, I grew up on that stuff and uh, Travis Tritt and all that. You know, Alan Jackson and all them guys on the radio, yeah. and it's pretty cool that that you're doing that you know you're on there too so
2: yeah man i mean i do i wake up every day and just pinch myself i really i really do the fact that you know we've we've grinded it out and we started out we we's in a, a a nasty old van traveling the country and moved up to a, a nicer van and you know now we get to hop on a nice tour bus and sleep good and uh, show up in a city and play the sold out crowd so it's uh it's pretty crazy man
1: that's badass, man, for sure. That's uh that's the American dream you're living it. Uh whenever you yeah. come to a whenever you come to a show here in Charlotte or in our area, we're me and Adam here, we're gonna come I see be you. We'll I'm gonna
2: be, be in there. Charlotte Thursday. This week? Oh god. This dang week it. two days.
1: Well you need we need to take you to the Thirsty Beaver saloon. <laughs> oh
2: my <laughs> god.
0: Yeah, take him to the, the the beaver.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, holler at me. Let's do let's uh let's try to do that if we can. All right. Where are y'all playing at in Charlotte.
2: Man, that's a good question. I can uh, <laughs> hang on. Look at my calendar. Okay, we're playing at the Fillmore.
1: The Fillmore. I got gotcha. you. Well, si- sign me up. We'll we'll see you there. You got it. I'm, I'm out of up.
0: town. I gotta go. I gotta go asphalt
2: racing this weekend. Well, I know but... you're not going. You ain't going to the world of outlaw race at the red. Right not there. going I... to the world of outlaw Speaking racing.
0: Speaking of that, that's the... s- somebody fired some shots today.
2: <laughs> I did, man. I'm using I'm not the guy to do that. Usually, <laughs> I let everything slide off my back, and because it ain't worth it, you know. It's just like ah, whatever. i will move on. But I just I was gonna take the. I tell you one thing I've learned being a part of a racetrack is you always you get the blame for everything everything
0: oh right? yeah oh yeah
2: And I, I just wasn't gonna take the blame for it today you know i mean i don't know i'm not gonna get real personal but i mean we had everything we have a little chance of rain on friday I, I give them that but it's just friday it was a friday and saturday show but we had it all worked out to where hey if it does come down to it we'll run saturday and sunday they said great well it wasn't 45 minutes later Brian decided he didn't want to do that, so whatever. It's a mess.
0: Yeah, and you kind of you kind of mentions on on your on your little little rant little video uh, going viral there that they were, and and I, I I agree with you too. Sometimes like our our sport pre-ticket sales ain't ain't very big. There's there's maybe right. a couple events of the year. You know, Eldora, you know, that place sells out quick and people, you know, buy their tickets for next year type deal. But uh, places like The Rev and all your other little tracks around the country, when they have big events, they don't really do pre-ticket sales. Um, it's, it's not like a country concert, like, you you know, what you're doing, you know, people buying tickets. Oh, well,
2: even, even with what I'm doing, man, I mean, there's sometimes – We'll show up and be like, "Oh man, ticket sales ain't looking that great." But by the end of the night, they look good because you walk up crowd, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Yes.
2: That's the way it is down in Louisiana, and especially. I mean, we had Word of Outlaws scheduled last September, and there was a what they called it. Oh, there was a tire shortage. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. So they canceled. Well, there's still people waiting to get their refunds back. You know. Yeah. And so you got people that's like, "Man, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy them again in advance. We'll buy them at the at the gate when I get there, so my money ain't tied up." Yeah. And yeah. I get it. 100%. So, I don't know, man.
1: I it's got to be a frustrating deal. I mean, I can hear it in your voice, and uh, we're frustrated. We were looking forward to, to, you know, watching it live on TV this weekend. And, uh, yeah. man, it just. Well,
2: it's... I just. I, I, I... I get it. I mean, I see where they're coming from, but at the same time, I don't feel like that's the right business move. Now, if it was to look at the weather and, oh man, Saturday ain't looking good too. I understand that. But, you know, if if this really is a ticket situation, that's not the way you do it. I mean, call it what you want, but I mean, I'm in the entertainment business. That's what I do. I, I play music on the road. I sell tickets. Well, it's the same way with the world of outlaws. It's the entertainment business. And, you are the promoter. You take the gamble. You don't just, I don't know. You, I, I could go on for days about this, but anyway, I just feel like, I guess the way it was handled was not the right way. You know, if it was a deal where I just wish they would have been a little more, a little more straightforward with me about the real reason and not just blame it on weather. Cause that's not the issue.
0: Yeah. Here. yeah like you said you had you had two good days you know Saturday Sunday that you probably and you know, they agreed been, to I yeah. mean
2: literally had a conversation they're like oh okay well cool let's make Sunday the rain day great if we rain out or we'll on Sunday 45 minutes later get a phone call back saying you know Brian didn't want to do that so
1: yeah that's all I, I don't I, I just wonder I mean this is totally it's off base but I wonder if they Looked at the diesel prices right now and said, "Man, we don't want to hey, drive and down there."
2: That's what I thought too. You know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Brian's got drivers in his ear. They got drivers in their ear. Like, hey, man, fuel prices. I get it. Well, just tell us that. You know. Yeah, yeah. Just be. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's you just, kind of want to be up. Straight be up front
0: forward with us. Yeah, be up front with you. Don't don't beat exactly. around the bush. Just just hey, we're we're men here. We can we can take it if that's that's the case. Just be be honest with me.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a shame. Cause like, like you said, you know, that was probably going to be the last race down there with that, with dirt on it. And well, hopefully it's not, but sounds yeah. like it's going to be. And, uh, man, that was going to be a good 20,000 to win sh- national tour. And especially with the Lucas wool series canceling, there was no telling who was going to be there. It was going to be all exactly. eyes. On it was
2: gonna be great. I mean, and, well, it was a 10,000 and a 20,000.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, Y'all have,
2: you yeah, know, yeah. It wasn't like it was just 20. I mean, we're, we're talking $30,000. Yep. Right. So that's another thing. It's just, I, Man, who knows?
1: It's a, I,
0: I I can tell this guy loves his dirt racing. He's because he <laughs> had plans this weekend to go watch some dirt racing, and now his plans are canceled. Now he ain't got no, you know, he ain't got nothing to do now. Well,
2: I tell you what, man, this is what bothers me the most, and this is this is like as far as the track staying in business and whatnot. This is what bothers me the most is the fans down there, man. They don't. I mean, we have some really great dirt track racing fans in Northeast Louisiana where I grew up and a lot of drivers and a lot of drivers who have built cars and got back into racing since the rev opened up. And I just want to let them down. I mean, I want to continue going and it's just disappointing when, you know, we, we had to cancel sprint cars. What about sprint cars a couple weeks ago? Understandable. That was rain. And then the one last year. And then now this, it's just, it's just, it's aggravating, you know,
0: Oh yeah, like I like I said, I, I grew up racing you know South Mississippi, Louisiana, places like that. And you're right, them guys down there. I mean, they love their dirt track racing, and there was you know a lot of good drivers down there that you know, like. You said kind of come back to come back to life, having a facility like you y'all had down there. So like I said, it, it's it's a shame that's kind of going away, and hopefully hopefully in the future there's something something that those guys and fans down there in Louisiana can you know say you know call their own like this is this is our place and they right. they ain't taking it away from us this time
1: yeah well, absolutely well dylan I, I really do appreciate you coming on the show tonight short notice and everything man it's uh it's been killer to get to talk to you and uh feel like we got to got to meet each other just over the phone here but I, i'm gonna yeah. come i'm gonna come see you t- uh thursday night there and uh okay. what size t-shirt do you wear i'm gonna bring you one of my forward bike t-shirts
2: i'm probably a large all right you got it i'll fix you up sounds good man we're looking forward to being (laughs) in charlotte and thank y'all for having me on and hopefully uh hopefully we can do it again yeah Yeah. hopefully
1: we can do this again sometime maybe uh whenever you want to announce uh you know what you're doing next uh you know hit us up and we'll we'll announce it right here on this podcast sounds great man yeah thank you man thank you dylan we appreciate it all right take care That was Dylan Scott on the Forward Bike Podcast. Another Forward Bike Podcast is in the books for this week. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. For Adam Logan, we'll see you next week.